0: When I came out, when I decided to come out, um, it was not easy. I personally, for my life, I didn't want to do it. But I just, again, I felt a huge obligation to my community, to all the um, young um, kids out there who were struggling with their sexuality, to if I could just help a few of them out,
1: then I really you know, could sleep better at night. Welcome back to another episode of Comeback Stories. Got a very special guest here today. Man, I'm honored to call my teammate. Uh, Got my man Carl Nassib in the building today. What's going on, Carl? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, man. Yes, sir. Uh, we like to dive uh, right into your story, man. So tell us what was growing up for you was like. Um, I
0: had a great, you know, childhood and great adolescence. Um, One of four kids. I just had all my siblings here in Vegas for the game. That was awesome for my sister's birthday. Um, Sports was big. Both my parents played sports. All my siblings, we all played sports. Um, always having fun, uh, always outside. Um, yeah, I just have, the, have a great, great, huge family. I got 44 first cousins, so wow. it was never a dull moment. Um, so yeah, I was, had a really great upbringing, really lucky. Um, super thankful, like every day, for having such a great
1: upbringing. Yeah. I, uh, one thing that we like to talk about from early on is uh, what was an early memory of pain for you? Like for me, I can look back into my childhood and see how just how different I was from a lot of people like a lot of people that looked like me or my skin color said I wasn't black enough um you know girls didn't really want to be around me I guess I just wasn't very attractive at the time or something about them that just didn't make me appear that way but uh I realized that led to a lot of insecurities and covering up for me with drugs and alcohol and other things but Uh, What was an early memory of pain for you that kind of shifted the way that you thought about life or dealt with things? Um, Growing up, I just,
0: I was a late bloomer. So I always felt like I was, I I, I guess I had very little self-awareness. But I always thought I was great at everything. I still think I'm great at everything. (laughs) But like not everybody thought that. Um, So I just kind of really wasn't, didn't really hit my stride until later in life. So growing up, I, uh, had a very successful older brother who, you know, played sports and played football in the league. So I always had to live up to that, Um, which again is like also on the other hand, it's kind of lucky to have uh, an older brother who's a great role model. Um, But it, I want to say it shaped me, but I uh, just like always wanted to be the best and always wanted to get better. Um, And I had a lot to get better at back then, still do. But um, yeah, I just, Um, really just, I don't know, I just, I think, I I said earlier, I'm really lucky and I, I don't know if I am programmed this way or I taught myself how to be this way, but like when I look back on life and I look back on my experiences, I think I look, look through life through a lens that's like really, really great. I look through a lens that like, okay, I'm only going to remember the things that like made me happy because I, I don't put too much stock in the things that like really brought me down or people that brought me down or situations that brought me down i really think about all the things that lifted me up and the things that like i was really lucky to ha- happen to me um so it's just to, to think of something off the top of my head that like brought me pain is like um not the easiest thing for me i i'm really lucky to say that um if i sat here for long enough i, I probably could find a couple things um it's not like i'm intentionally burying everything deep it's just that like i'm trying i I think I actively try, or maybe it's just the way that I'm programmed to always remember the good times and kind of just gloss over the bad times, because you're always gonna have good times and bad times.
1: No doubt. Uh, it sounds like you have a, a mindset of gratitude. And you know, I want to ask you, who was one of the first real teachers in your life that taught you how to look at life that way and to, and to work hard and to, ha- and to see things through a positive lens? Who do you think first gave you that, that perspective? Um, I think my mom was a
0: great teacher. Um, she, uh, well, gets on my nerves today, but she's an incredible person. Um, really high standards um, in school. If I got a 99 on a test, she would say, "Why couldn't you get 100?" You know, just like um, we always give her uh, grief for saying that kind of stuff. But I really appreciated it because it, w- it made me like hold myself to a standard that you know I think you know schools don't really put too much stock in each student as much as a parent should. So I was really really thankful that my mom did that. Um, you know my dad played sports and obviously when you know you got a dad when you got a son the dad is always you know pushing the son to play all the sports and stuff but for his, my whole my whole career my mom was always like you know you can quit you know this isn't everything so um she always kept a good balance you know sometimes especially early on people pressure young kids to play sports and like even if they don't like it they just keep them in there but my mom was always like oh if it's too tough you can always quit and that was almost like reverse psychology I don't know if she did that on purpose She'd be like no nah, shit is not like can we curse yeah yeah okay uh i've been like bothered. <laughs> i have been trying so freaking hard right now not to curse it's like i'm like i don't it's like i'm ready with my left hand well, nah, um you, right? okay i if from now on if my mom does hear this i feel like i apologize in advance for my uh terrible sailors mouth. um but yeah she just held me um really be a hard worker my dad helped me be a hard worker but my mom always like kept me grounded kept me well-rounded and um yeah she was an incredible influence on me and really lucky to have parents like I did.
2: One of the things I heard earlier with your growing up with having a brother that you said played in the NFL there was pros and cons of that can you talk about the pros and then also the cons? Yeah
0: um the pros is just, you're around it, so it becomes a little more normalized. It doesn't become um, this big weight on your shoulders. Um, I think a con could be just trying to be somebody else and not being yourself. Um, we played two totally different positions. Uh, he was quarterback, I'm a defensive end. Um, I joke on my team that I could be a quarterback, but <laughs> I throw the ball terribly. <laughs> um, and yeah, I I, I think, just really just I should have not focused on him as much as I did but I should have just focused on myself and I learned that um in college to just focus on what I'm doing and drown out everything positive or negative just focus on myself Hmm.
2: yeah you know you've been a you've been a huge inspiration to me this year and we on comeback stories we we talk about the uh the the journey right the struggle the pain and then where you're at now I mean Earlier this year, you um, were, were in a sense the lone wolf, which I feel like Darren was the lone wolf as being the kind of the first guy, I believe, in the NFL currently that's sober, that publicly announced that he was sober and was sure. okay with it. And in a sense, you've made an announcement where now you're the lone wolf. And I just, I, it's really cool to be sitting here right now because with after the lone wolf comes the first follower. It's like that first person has to. Uh, break the break the barriers or step sure. into this and and I think what it does is it gives other people permission to do the same. Sure. So can you just share a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. Um I, I don't know about you, but I wasn't really trying to like break any barriers or stuff like that. I coming out as gay is something that for a while that I wanted to do and just wanted to wait for the right moment. Um I wanted to do it last year with with the Raiders, Um, but 2020 was such a mess, and we weren't even allowed to hang out with each other outside of the building. So, you know, I didn't really – like, and we didn't have OTAs, so I didn't know anybody on the team, didn't really have a vibe for it. So I really, like, um, didn't feel comfortable enough to do it. I wanted to make sure, like, the guys that I went to work with every single day – we're good dudes, we're, you know, accepting dudes, and the the locker rooms I'd been in before were absolutely the same, just, you know, football players, I've said this before, football players get a bad rap, it's like, anytime I watch a movie, like, football players are portrayed as, like, the biggest dicks in the world, like, I'm just like, dude, like, that is his most, like, stupid uh, image of us, but um, I especially realized that we had a good locker room right at the end of OTAs this past offseason, when we had that little sit down with, uh, with Jean, shout out Jean. Oh yeah. Shout Dude, she's out, a yep. is she a <laughs> <global>? <laughs> right. Jean is our, um, I think she's our a clinical- clinician yeah, clinician, yeah, clinician, something like that. I never know titles. Titles are always so ambiguous to me. Right. Uh, she's a wonderful lady, mental health expert. And we had a sit down as a team and we and Darren got up, um, Max got up, Richie got up, and uh, we talked about some real life things and, I, and everyone responded so well. And I was like, damn, these are good dudes. And I was really inspired by what you said and how well you presented yourself and how max max was just on the show how well he presented himself for guys that are so young and you know i bet i really was trying was um going back and forth on like whether to come out to the team before coming out like right. p- like to everybody and i was like damn like what other fucking gay dude has to come out to his entire fucking business? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, nah, like really. coming out to one single fucking person is stressful enough. Like I'm not about to sit up there and have my voice crack a thousand times. Right. And uh, so I wanted to be at home with my best friends, with my family, really comfortable position. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't really, geez, I talk a lot. Um, I didn't really do it to like break barriers. I did it because I felt an obligation to the LGBTQ community um, to bring representation and bring, um, visibility to a very, very popular entertainment business, to a very, very popular industry that doesn't have a lot of representation. Um, I'm so thankful for, um, like, everyone that's come before me, um, in the LGBTQ community, like, they really, the fact that I can't come out publicly, like, always, I can take care of myself, you know what I mean, if anybody tries to you know, anybody can get, anybody can can catch up, you know what I mean? (laughs) But like it, I am so freaking lucky that everybody that went through it just not too long ago, you know, went through so much um, discrimination, went through so much heartache and couldn't live the life that they wanted to. And I'm so blessed. And I say it all the time. Like I look through life just through all the good things that have happened in my life. I don't look through life um, for all like the things that I wasn't able to do or the things that brought me down. And, when I came out, when I decided to come out, um, it was not easy. I personally for my life, I didn't want to do it. But I just, again, I felt a huge obligation to my community, to all the um, young um, kids out there who are struggling with their sexuality, to if I could just help a few of them out, then I really, you know, could sleep better at night.
2: I've been on this big kick of the saying impact over anonymity where it's like, this is, this is what you're doing, this mm-hmm. is what Darren's doing, right? It's about impact and being able to give permission to remind people that they're also not alone. Okay. But w- even going back to that, that, um, that event that you guys had or the, the, team, the team event where Darren spoke and Max spoke, mm-hmm. where it almost felt like, or it sounded like, you felt like that was a safe enough space, there was enough trust there, where you could open up your heart where there's a lot of environments where we don't feel safe, we don't feel supported. So how can we really step up and be honest and be vulnerable? But it almost feels like that container allows you to kind of step into that.
0: Yeah, it was awesome. I mean that was a really, really cool moment. I with any football team, any locker room. Right. It was dope,
1: right? Yeah. It's just an example of showing that like vulnerability like really wins. Like the guys that are leaders on this team can sit up there and really put who they are out there and realize that strength isn't me hiding things or keeping secrets, it's really me showing you exactly who I am and letting everything out there. And from there, that's when I can have freedom from what you may think or you know, what your perception of me may be, but also it allows a group of men to become closer because when we're keeping secrets and just stuffing everything down, we're just silent and all we can talk about is filler and just the weather or sports or, something that's going on in the news, but when guys are open like that and vulnerable, that's where the real bonds can form. And I think that it's, it's translating onto the field, but more importantly, it's just like how we interact with each other. It, that was a powerful moment because a lot of guys in the league are just like, strength, don't talk about what you're feeling, that's weakness, but it's just like, we know what strength is now. It's, it's not, we're not falling for the facade anymore.
2: It's changing. The, it's changing the conversation of what a real man or how a real man shows up in the world, and how a real man shows up for his team. It's, it's leadership in action. It's, it's being the change you want to see. But, I mean, this is the model I've used, and my, my platform's way, way smaller than your guys's. But it's always been like when I lead retreats, where I do, a, do an event, I always start with my story. I get real and raw and honest about it, and then it just activates, and it gives permission to the event to, for them to open up. Yeah. almost giving permission. It's such a beautiful sure. model, and it, it, it works every time to a T.
0: Yeah, I mean, I almost came out right after you guys. I was like, damn, this is this is pretty, like, this is a really cool space that we're in right now. Um, and it was a good send-off, you know. Um, I think I did it, like, a few days later. Um, but I well, I think I vividly remember just the, the how you talked. Like, people, you know, sometimes it is, the content of what you say is important, but rhetoric and how you say it, is also important and your message getting it across to people sometimes like it's not what you say it's how it's heard so like maybe it's like your talent with music but your like ability to like formulate sentences and just like articulate really really complex thoughts is very very impressive and um i just i like i this is my first interview i've done since coming out um other than like a really short press conference right so like I want you to like just keep going with all this because it's like you are a talented athlete, but you're also very talented in this other really really important thing. So um, when you asked me yesterday, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like I want to I want to be here and um, you know be a part of you know the early stages of it because this is dope and you're doing a really great job. So I just wanted to say that before I forgot
1: because I go and rant. So thank you, man. Yeah, much many props. But the thing uh, that's sticking in my mind is when you said you felt an obligation to do that, and that's how I felt as far as. Uh, like my recovery and being clean, you know, I'm I'm a person when I was growing up, like I'm na- I naturally isolate. I want to be quiet about what I'm going through. I don't want to say it out loud. I kind of just want to blend in with and just not be seen. And so I had no plans of going on hard knocks and talking about what I was talking about, or going on all these interviews and specials and things, and just continuing to say these things. I feel like it was I really got in touch with the younger version of myself, who was you know pure and authentic and you know I felt like there was a disconnect between that younger version of myself and who I am now and I also know that there are a lot of people that may be feeling like I was when I was like 15 years old and I don't want them to be stuck in the same cycle that I was in I felt like it was on me to speak up and say something like Donnie said like put my anonymity to the side because my anonymity is really just pride and ego and wanting to hide that but really putting myself out there is is my gift of service to, to people. Like, it can't just be all about me anymore, how I feel and my self centeredness. It has to be about, you know, what I can do for the world. So I can definitely relate to you on that front, man. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And there was a moment there where Carl, you were sharing with Darren just about his words. And I, I don't think I've ever been, I was getting super emotional for a moment. And I don't think I've ever, like, been brought to tears or felt that emotion that I just, like, watched with you guys. I felt this, like, major energetic shift in me it's so freaking cool it's it's exactly why we're here love it where we believe that everybody has a comeback story everybody's going through shit Mm -hmm. it's pain and struggle that is the the shared human experience like this is what connects us all we all have a similar story we all go through it so just to just to listen to your words and your courage and then to witness that connection this is like this is what it's all about awesome yeah so what
1: is so what has life been like for you like since you made that decision? Like, is there a new sense of freedom? Like, what is it like on your inner world, in your mind, like in, when you go to work every day, in your friendships, in your relationships, like what, what's, what's going on? What does it feel like now? I mean, like the answer that like, the, that you probably expect is like, oh my God, a huge weight shift, let's lift
0: off my shoulders. And like, I, I wish that was case. Okay. Like it is a, it is a little more stressful, I will say. Um, you know, being the only out gay guy in the NFL is like a little, Little stressful, and it's gotten so much easier uh, since camp. I remember the first three days at camp, like um, I went out to practice, and like I just felt like, like I was like suffocating, and I felt like I was like the whole room, like the whole field was spinning. And throughout my life, I've realized that I'm a very, very good like handler of stress. Like I do not hold on to stress. Stress just flows through me like water. And I've always been very lucky. I, I have. I don't know if I've ever dealt with I mean, like anxiety or depression or anything like that because um, I just can handle like stress well. I think I l- go through it logically and rationally. And I was out there, and I was like, holy shit, this is fucking intense anxiety. And so I went down. I just kept retying my shoes. My fingers were so tingly. And, um, and then I stared at like, a spot in the grass, and I was like, okay, lock the fuck in. Um, and I was good to go and it just kept happening for a few days. So, like, right after, it was very, very stressful. Um, but it's really, really gotten a lot better. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's only gonna get better. Um, I, you know, I, I just wanna normalize things. Like, I don't wanna, like, have, like, I really don't think too often, like, going through life as a gay man. I just, like, like you, don't, you don't go through life thinking about, like, oh, how's my life today as a straight dude? You know what I mean? Right. So, like, I don't think that, like, I just hope one day that that I won't even have to, like, cross my mind because it barely crosses my mind, you know? Um, but it is, it was a big weight put on my shoulders, but now I think it's, like, slowly coming off. Um, but, yeah, it, there, there's some sort of perks and cons to I me, mean, pros and cons to it for sure. Um, I'm really, really happy with, all the people that I reached out and like that have been inspired and like, have given a little bit of relief to that. has been like the best thing so far for me. Um, like the most rewarding thing for me, like I've been, I was living an amazing life before I came out. You know what I mean? I'm the, I the most blessed life in the world. Um, I was out with my family, like my close family and friends for years before this. So, um, uh, coming out publicly was just something that, um, needed to be done. I'm really happy I did it. Um, and I'm, yeah, that's all I got.
2: What was it like before you came out? What was the internal struggle? What was like your lowest point or the, when you had to really be with that, but not necessarily come out and be, be public or share it with anybody? What was it like for you, I guess, living with that secret?
0: Um, some things were stressful. I mean, this job is very stressful. So like a human being can only have so many stressors in their life. Um, And uh, like I thought about it every once in a while, thought about like how I wanted to do it, um, when I could do it. Um, I didn't know how people would react. I wanted to make sure I was financially stable before I did it. I didn't know like if it would ruin my career. I didn't know if like guys would be supportive or not. Um, So I busted my fucking ass to really um make it in this fucking league i was on the browns i was one in fucking 31. you know what i mean and then i got fucking cut on hard knocks you know what i mean so like i was dealing with other shit outside of fucking being i didn't even know i was fucking gay until like fucking four years ago so um i was dealing with a lot of other fucking shit so it wasn't like this huge secret that i was holding in i was i had to take care of a lot of other business and then once i took care of that business and like established myself in the league um I was able to, like, do this, get in a good, you know, comfortable spot, a uh, solidified spot to do it. Um, but, you know, I just was really jealous of people who went through life as being somebody else's number one priority. You know, I have, as you get older, everyone's priorities shift. You know, your siblings yeah, you grew up with have wives, have kids, all this stuff. Uh, your best friends get married, they have kids. So, you, you know, at late at night, you're just like, okay, am I, anyb- am I anyone's number one priority? And that's just the one thing that I wanted. I just wanted to be someone's number one priority. And I couldn't have that. So that was the one thing I was like, man, I really fucking want that. Um, but I got that now, so it's
2: good. And how'd you get it?
0: Oh, I met an awesome guy. He's the best, yeah.
2: When I was even going towards, like we talk a lot about self-love, right? Where, we're, we're, where our number one priority should actually be us. Where we, we're constantly putting everybody else's needs before our own needs, right? And we're... we're, we're filling everybody else's cup, but yet our cup is empty. True. And then if, if that's our story that we're telling ourselves, whether it's true or we're kind of playing victim mentality, when we can turn it on ourselves and be like, no, be your own best friend, Okay. show up for yourself. Someone's yeah. second priority. Yeah, okay. so, so but that's, that's what we have actually control over, yeah. right? Because we, can't, we don't have control over people, places, and things. So we, we can redirect it and say, I'm gonna make me a priority. I'm gonna do me, I'm gonna do my, my, my practices, right? I'm gonna do my self-care, whatever that looks like and make sure that I'm putting myself first because when my cup is full, everybody else wins. Sure, absolutely. Man,
1: I would, We always like to talk about, you know, if we could go back in the past and give our younger version of ourselves some advice, Uh, But I want to ask you, what would the younger version of yourself be most proud about who you are today? Hmm. Um,
0: My younger self, probably that I'm in the NFL. I always wanted to be in the NFL. Um, I was a skinny, lanky walk-on. When I was in college, I told my coach, coach, I want to play in the league. He said, get the fuck out of my office. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, I wish I could be like I could go back to my 19 year old self and be like Yo, fuck him. You you made it, bro. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely. I think uh, you know this job is is incredible. It's really tough. It's the most competitive job I think. And uh, every day you got to be at your best. And it's really really underestimated how how you know on top of all your shit you got to be every single day um, for an extended period of time. It's absolutely wild how, like, it's it's what have you done for me lately, week to week. Right. You have a great week. Next week, you're trash, and everyone fucking dogs you. You know what I mean? Last year, everyone fucking dogged me. And I remember when I was at Penn State, I went, like, I, I led the nation in sacks, all these things, like, had all these awards. And then I go to the Browns, and I'm fucking trash. And so it's just really interesting that this, like, job is so what have you done for me lately? And... Um, I'm just really proud of myself in the way that I, you know, I've gotten here and I'm really happy with like the NFL career. I've fucking scraped together. God. Yeah, man. You man. know, and so little we've skinny uh, Carl. You what, did what, it, dra- right? what year draft class were you in? 16.
1: Were you 15? I was 15. Yeah. So we've, we've. No, we
0: fucking played. I fucking played. Yeah. You remember coming to Cleveland and yeah. we
1: were up like 21, I guess you guys. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was, fu- I fucking broke my hand that game. <laughs> yeah. We I was been, so pissed. We've been in this thing for a minute and I love how you talk about, you know, it's a, what have you done for me lately? And it, it kind of plays into what Donnie was just saying. It's like, when I came back into the league, I had a different perspective because it was like, I mean, I know I got to fight for everything and I know it's going to be, for me to even play in the game again, it's going to be such an uphill climb. But if I can separate from what people perceive me as and what my performance may do to impress them or get them to give me a thumbs up and I'm just, Cool with the effort that I put in, the preparation, the attitude that I put in, it allowed me to have a sense of freedom when I go in the building. Sure, I feel like that's that gives me an advantage in a sense. It's like I don't have to go out there clenched up and tensed up. I can just go out there and be me yeah. and let loose. Like I see you. Like there's a play, like a uh, the code black when you against Pittsburgh and you took the running back and you just like tossed him yeah. and you were just like out there flexing. It's just like you were just yeah, out you, there just. Yeah balling and having fun and not necessarily worried about whatever's going on it's just like i do this i know how to do this and i'm really good at it i'm gonna have fun doing it yeah you and asked me you're like do you yell when you do that and i was like i have no fucking idea <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he was like you'll see carl he's intense and i'm flexing like, these skinny do arms you, do you say words when you yell because i don't say anything i just go rah, 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 and it's like i'm kinda just absolutely thing, i black out no idea what i'm doing but those moments like when we're out there it is such a performance business but we can find that space where it's like you know, I'm me, I know what I bring to the table. I know that I'm valuable and whether somebody appreciates it or not, you know, I'll be okay. It, it it just brings a whole different mindset to the game.
0: Absolutely, and you gotta have fun with it. And like, I always tell people with confidence, like you don't have like, it, your confidence shouldn't be based on what other people say. Right. right? And if you're told your whole life, if you think you're amazing because people tell you're amazing, you really don't have that much confidence. You're just listening to what people say. Mm-hmm. So like when people tell me, Whatever they compliment me, I really don't give a, I don't give a fuck. When people talk shit on me, I don't give a fuck. That's why I felt like I was really ready to come out because like people would fucking say shit about me all fucking day, right. and I was a walk-on at Penn State. I've had every fucking insult thrown at me for the last ten years. So I tell people all the time, if you like, be confident. Like if you're going to be confident, be confident all fucking day, um, seven days a week, because it really is starts with like what your self image is. And like, it shouldn't be based on what other people say or what people think of you. Um, so yeah, when you when you actually do have that true confidence, um, you play a lot better. And you see it in the NFL all the fucking time. You see these rookies who come in from college and they're ballers, just like everybody fucking was in college. You ever watch a college football game nowadays? <laughs> I'm like, was I that slow? <laughs> anyway, so like you get these young these young rookies who like, everyone thinks that they're good. And especially, see, with first-rounders who bust all the time, it's like, they were told they were so good, and then they get to the league, and then they're no longer told that they're good, and they fucking crash and burn. And so they never really had confidence in the first place. They were just listening to what people were saying. Um, so, yeah, like, when you, when you have that really confidence, you go out and you, you can fucking play carefree. Absolutely.
2: I always say that the most self-confident people in the world are the ones that keep the promises they make to themselves. Okay. So, if you... If you are constantly breaking promises. I'm going to get up, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go to the gym. Yeah. When you don't go to the gym, it's so much more than just gaining weight or getting out of shape. You said you're going to do something and you're not going to do it. So now you've smashed your self-confidence, which now makes you more vulnerable to the noise, to the chatter. Derek sure. and I talk about the four agreements all the time and what you were saying earlier was not taking things personally. That everything everybody says or does to you is just a projection of their own reality. And we talked about this last year when things were going really, really well for Darren and people were praising him. And something like we celebrated was the fact that he did not take it personally when Tim Brown was telling him how amazing he was. That's good. And that's power because it is just a projection. And for both of you guys, I mean, I believe witnessing your guys' journeys, that you guys are embodying that and, and being a living example of what it looks like to know who the hell you are and to live that truth. Sure. Mm.
1: What would you say to somebody that is in a place where they want to walk into their truth or s- say what's on their heart, but feels kind of stuck, feels like they, like they don't know what to do or what's up next for them? What, what would be a simple piece of advice that you give to them? Dude, I am terrible at giving advice,
0: like with like coming out and like living their truth. I just started it. You know what I mean? Like, it's real. You know what I mean? I my when I met my boyfriend, like he wasn't even out to his family. So he was asking me advice. I was like, dude, I li- I I was tra- just I was like I'm just supportive. Um, but I have what do, what are my friends? Like? uh Fuck, I don't know.
1: Um I think I think it's powerful. You know what I mean? Like I I I don't know. I, don't I know. think it's powerful that you say that because I feel like a lot of people may make a decision or, you know, expect a certain level of breakthrough when they get to a point in their life, but it may not actually be the case. Like, like you said, like I yeah. was like, oh, it should be a sense of freedom when you came out. You're like, nah, it's still stressful as fuck. Like, yeah, and that's what people need to hear. Like it may not be what you exactly what you want to feel like right then and there. It, it that feeling may be delayed. It may take longer than you think. So. I think that you saying that and, not, and saying like I don't really know the words like you don't always have to have the words mm-hmm. so I, that's authentic. I'm I I'm trying it. though I'm I'm trying to like learn
0: and and right. be you know a, a vo- I, I always I don't want to be a voice I just want to like lead through my actions and um, to anybody out there who's like struggling like I got your back you know what I mean I'll fuck mm-hmm. anybody up with you bro like um, <laughs> I'm about I'm about to smoke always so like if you ever need, like but I everything is just so personal. And sometimes, you're, you know, you want to give advice and it just comes off terribly. Like I've, I've gotten advice from people that is just so bad. And like, I've had people really close to me that were telling me like, don't come out. Don't, you don't, don't do it. And I was like, God damn, I want to fucking do it. And then I had people like my, like really close to me saying like, dude, who cares? Like who cares? And I was like, I think a lot of people are gonna fucking care. And still, people are still saying who fucking cares and um you know a a little boy like um 14 years old uh committed suicide in new york in in july and i just heard about the article a few days ago and it crushed me because like i came out in june and i was like oh yeah good job nass like you solved it all and then like you go on twitter and you see all this homophobia you see all these really fucked up things and it's just you don't, you don't really notice it. You know when you buy a car and then you notice all the other cars mm-hmm. on the road? It's kind of the same thing. Like when I came, I didn't know, like I, I, I know very few gay people um, and I, I didn't know any gay people till a couple years ago. So I didn't really see it until like I experienced it. So like all the people who said, who cares, who cares? Like there are young, young kids who kill themselves because they're afraid of what life will be like for them in the future. Mm. And it, it crushes me. Um, that's why I, like, am so um, impressed. I'm so enamored with the Trevor Project. If you don't know the, uh, what the Trevor Project is, they provide um, suicide prevention services to LGBTQ youth in America and, some, and, like, hopefully the world soon because, you know, as shitty as people make the United States sound, we are, you know, we're progressing a lot, and especially in the last five years. So, um, they're doing a lot of great things and what they're doing is absolutely necessary. So like when people say who cares, like it, it, like a lot of people fucking care. And I'm just glad that I can be just a little bit, a little nudge in the right direction.
2: Well, you're doing great things and and what you're saying is absolutely necessary. And I have no doubt that the listeners, there's someone listening right now that is going to feel like they've been seen, heard and understood. And this is what it's all about. So I'm just oozing with gratitude for your courage and uh, for Appreciate stepping it. into this. But w- what are you most grateful for today?
0: I'm I'm so grateful for so many things. Um, every night when I go to bed, I um, I like I pray in like an order. You know, like you know, when you do like pleas and thank yous. Um, I always go thank you, please. You know, so like I say thank you, God, for all the things in my life. So I just go through my family, say all their names, all the things that I have. And then i apologize for the times i fell short and then at the end i say like okay please you know help us win this game you know help me ball out all those kind of things but just the list is endless for all the things that i'm thankful for in my life um i'm thankful to be here right now this is awesome um i'm thankful that i have this opportunity to talk and like i don't have you know somebody with an ulterior motive to try and like get me to slip up get me to say something stupid um, I'm thankful for the Raiders. I'm thankful for like everything I've gotten in the NFL. I'm thankful for my time at Penn State. Um, I just had my family here in Vegas. And as crazy as they drive me, like I still <laughs> fucking love them to death and they're fucking amazing. You. you know, dude, they, we <laughs> I drove them to the airport this morning and it was fucking pandemonium. And so it just, I'm so thankful for them anyway. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm so thankful for so many things um i've the best life ever i don't deserve it um but yeah i um it's good to talk about the things you're thankful for i think it's like the number one route to positivity and um happiness is
1: talk about the things that you're thankful for i love that thank you please approach it's so simple but really profound as far as you know focus on what you do have first before you even get into what you may not have oh yeah so uh, that's amazing man but before we wrap up we love to give uh, a shout-out to the people that have supported us throughout our entire journeys, that have been through us through the ups and the downs. Uh, if you could give a comeback story, shout-out to one person or a few people, uh, who would those people be? Um, I'm going to give it to uh, my friends
0: Francis and Kaysen. Um I would not have been able to come out if it wasn't for them. They, uh, they're, they're two incredible human beings, and, uh, you know, I'm really thankful for them absolutely man well I appreciate you being here today nice, man, man. I appreciate it was your you. first your
1: first podcast man you killed it you're a natural bro I crushed it yeah it's just talking and I talk so much yeah man you. but appreciate you being real and open and honest yeah. man and uh really grateful that you're here bro thank you guys
2: same man I want to acknowledge you I think everything you said was straight from the heart and uh yeah you're a natural I appreciate it keep carrying the message my brother thank you
1: yes, sir we gone